Hello and welcome to this Innovation Forum podcast. This is the latest in our series that focuses on the work of the Accountability Framework Initiative. As many listeners will know, AFI is a collaborative initiative with 24 coalition members to accelerate progress and improve accountability for ethical supply chains in agriculture and forestry. It is a consensus-based set of norms and definitions, and it aims to bring greater clarity, consistency, effectiveness and accountability in how companies set commitments, take action and monitor progress towards achieving supply chains that are free from deforestation, conversion and human rights violations. AFI recently passed the second anniversary of its launch, and significant progress has been made in the past two years. The accountability framework is used in 68 countries by companies with total revenues of $1.7 trillion. Over 700 companies have been assessed according to methods that are aligned with the framework. To find out a bit more about how companies can use the accountability framework on the ground to work with suppliers and growers, I caught up recently with Samuel Avala, General Manager of Benzo Oil Palm Plantation in Ghana. BOPP's own operations are Roundtable on Sustainable Palm Oil certified, but as we will hear, 30% of the palm fruit that BOPP's mill processes comes from non-RSPO certified sources. The company uses the accountability framework to help engage these non-certified suppliers so they align with BOPP's no deforestation, no damaging of peatlands and no exploitation commitments. I started by asking Samuel to outline BOPP's operations in Ghana. BOPP is an oil palm plantation, a leading oil palm plantation business in Ghana. It commenced business in 1976 and was a subsidiary of Unilever. But fast forward, it is now a subsidiary of Wilma Africa, which is itself a subsidiary of Wilma International. We have a concession, a nucleus concession of 6,799 hectares, out of which we carved out 1,650 hectares to develop a smallholder scheme from which 438 farmers and households drawn from the communities around us are the beneficiaries. We got RSPO certified in 2014. And we actually certified both the nucleus and the scheme smallholder in tandem at the same time. Currently, we also process palm fruits that we buy from the catchment area within the landscape. Given that our own smallholder scheme and our nucleus are certified, our annual production, if we use last year as benchmark, it was just a little below 140,000 metric tons of FFB. And out of that, 70%, about 70% is certified. And we have 29, just 30% of the FFB we process, which is not coming from certified sources. It's coming from outgrowers within the central and the western regions of Ghana. And they are not certified. But I can assure you that because we are a certified company with core values in no deforestation, no exploitation, and no planting in pit, which are actually the core values and commitments of Wilma International of which we are a subsidiary, we ensure that these outgrowers, who are actually, most of them are not really, really committed to one particular off-taker, whoever gets to them first and is willing to pay one cent more, they give their fruits to that person. But there are a few that we have some kind of agreements with or memorandum of understanding 
so they are more committed. And to that extent, our technical team give them advice so that they engage in practices that are sustainable, that are environmentally friendly. And so if you take another plantation, which is one of our outgrowers, the Golden Star Oil Palm Plantation, GISOP, they have competent managers who run the place. But there are some things that they don't have the competence and we help them to do. For instance, when it comes to fertilizer application, we start our fertilizer program by taking leaf samples. And then we go to do foliar analysis. And from the analysis, our agronomists sitting in Malaysia will give us the prescriptions as to what type of fertilizers and what quantities should be used so that we don't just throw fertilizers as if doing shadow boxing. We are precise about what type of fertilizer, what quantities, so that we don't overdo things. So for them and a few others like them, we will take the samples. We have a team that have been trained to do the sampling. We take the samples, we treat the sample, the leaf samples, and ship that same to our lab in Indonesia. They will do the analysis and our agronomists will come back with the prescriptions and we share it with them. And indeed, when it comes to buying the fertilizer, we also buy bulk, including their requirements, and then give it to them. That is just one example of how even the 30%, which is not certified, there's a fair bit of it that we engage those farmers in practices that are basically sustainable and so that we ensure that in all, we ourselves are exhibiting the responsible producers that we are. Let's unpack some of that a little bit, please. As you say, you're a subsidiary of Wilmer International and a member of the RSPO. So let's think about your certified palm oil for now. How do the RSPO's principles and criteria help you ensure that the palm oil and palm oil products from your plantation is produced sustainably? Even before the advent of RSPO, Unilever had what's called the Unilever Sustainable Agriculture. If you look at the principles and criteria of RSPO as they are now, you can see that they were developed from something like the Unilever Sustainable Agriculture. You probably know that the first executive secretary of the RSPO was in the, from the research department of Unilever plantations in those days. So yes, the history of this company is that we used to practicing sustainable agriculture. When RSPO became the in thing, it was not too difficult at all for us to meet the standards of RSPO certification. It was not a very big departure from what was our practice, but I must also agree that under the certification where you are subject to annual surveillance audits, it then puts you on your toes, so that lifts or elevates the demands to another level. And again, this makes it more formal and the audits are done by third party independent auditors, unlike the sustainable agriculture that we're practicing where audits were done by internal people. So definitely that is the difference. But I can say that being RSPO certified actually puts our company in a place where we have a lot of respect from our growers and from stakeholders 
And also, it leads to what I call social license. So we have a fair bit of social license from stakeholders and outgrowers all around. You mentioned that 30% of the palm oil that you process is not RSPO certified. I understand you also use an accountability framework initiative to help ensure sustainability in this part of your supply chain. So what are the processes you followed and who are the partners that have helped you? I would say that the accountability framework is still evolving. Our site was one of the sites that was used to do the proof of concept. And then also the fact that we are RSPO certified already did not make the accountability framework like something very new and different. It's also another dimension. The thing about the accountability framework, which we think makes it different from the RSPO, is that it is not a requirement for certification. To that extent, it makes it different from RSPO. But yes, we have done quite a bit with uh, the accountability framework. And already, if you look at the RSPO requirements, traceability is a key issue that has been evolving. So we had already started mapping out and getting the details, the coordinate, the geolocation coordinates of the farmers that are involved with the non-certified part of our FMB, which we process. So that is still work in progress, where certifying the farmers is going to be far-fetched. I think the accountability framework is what could provide a certain standard that we use to bridge that gap. How have your non-RSPO certified suppliers welcomed the use of the Accountability Framework Initiative and its various tools and methodologies to help ensure their own businesses' sustainability? If you know the category of farmers who are in that non-certified space, they are small, mostly, and their living standard is quite low. So for them, they live one day at a time. If you want them to do any additional work or make additional input to their production process, and the same is going to come with additional cost, then you must also show them a substantial additional benefit before they can accept it. If what you are bringing is going to be more exome in a space where there is competition, and there are other buyers who are not going to make such demands of them, they will probably turn to the other buyers and sell their fruits so that they have their peace. So for them, what is critical is how they get their daily bread and stuff like that. That then places an onerous responsibility on us, the off-taker, to go the extra mile to get them subscribing to any other framework or even the EFI for that matter. So yes, they will be receptive to it, but there is a condition. The condition is that they must see clear benefits that accrue to them directly in terms of the money they get for the fruits they produce. As for the wider benefit of environmental protection and climate change, it doesn't come very directly to them. And so that is an area that if you want to sell it to them, then it shouldn't come at additional cost to them. If it does, they should also be able to see that they also are getting additional benefits, which more than outweighs the additional cost 
and the additional trouble in quotes that they have to take to be able to meet the standards of a framework such as the AFI. Is that the principal challenge of engaging with such smallholder farmers? Yes, it is, especially the small farmers. Their scale is not very big. If you take every farmer, and some of them are not just doing oil palm, they are doing mixed cropping. They have some other food crops here and there, and they have sometimes a few palm trees to, let's say, one hectare and stuff like that. So for them, if you want them to concentrate on oil palm and do some extra work, you must be convincing enough. Do you agree that ultimately there is no one solution to engaging and developing sustainability in complex supply chains, in dealing with, in fact, with these complex challenges, and that businesses such as yours should really make use of all the tools at their disposal, the AFI, as well as everything else? Yes, I do agree that there is no one solution to all of this. If you look at RSPO, it comes with certification. And so with these small farmers who are scattered over a radius of, let's say, 100 kilometers, getting them certified can be very daunting. So for some of them, RSPO is not the best solution. And so AFI might be the better option to use in getting them to do things in a manner that is sustainable. However, it is also worth noting that where you have a multiplicity of frameworks and solutions, that also tends to become problematic for the implementing mill or company. So as much as possible, and some of it tends to be a duplication, actually. And sometimes it becomes a lot of work for, let's say, a company like Bob. I guess that's somewhere where the AFI wins in because it is purposely designed to bring together in one single place all best practices. And, and as you say, it's not a certification itself, but it's just designed to identify and develop best practice and eliminate the initiative fatigue. What's the future for BOPP then? What are you looking at over the next five years? Um, for BOPP, we continue to uphold our values of sustainability. We have embarked on a journey or a roadmap to see how far we can go. As I told you, we have about 70% of our FFB that is certified. We will work progressively to increase the certified component. I'm not going to be able to give a target today, but certainly we will be working towards increasing our certified FFV component to more than the 70% that we have. And the part that we may not find probable certifying we will still progress with every means that we have, at least to ensure that they are traceable and that they are adopting sustainable practices that will meet our objectives of being and remaining a responsible producer and that is acceptable by the standards that the industry is setting and evolving with. Well, it's been fascinating to hear a little bit more about your operations and how you're engaging with your suppliers and your RSPO certified suppliers and your others and the use of the accountability framework to engage with them. So for now, Samuel Avala from Benzo Oil Palm Plantation. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. 
and my thanks to Samuel for his time. Listeners may be interested that a number of the AFI Coalition members have marked the two-year anniversary with some blog posts and other content explaining how the framework has helped their work. And there's a link in the description that will take you to some of that. But that's all for now. I've been Ian Welsh, and goodbye.